0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joe Brown. And today I'm very excited because I have the opportunity to sit here and have an amazing conversation. I know it's going to be amazing because every time we talk, it's amazing uh, with the one and only self-development coach, author, and speaker who has just put out a book actually called Dominate Life. And that's exactly how she lives her life. She dominates everything. She's just out there and hustling. Uh, She's in a number of my mastermind groups, and she's always the one in there taking the action. And I really appreciate her for for the way that she leads. Uh, So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. We have here today, Kira Palme. Kira, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast.
1: Yo, Joel. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Happy
0: to be here. There you go. That's the energy I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, So Kira, in a nutshell, real quick, so the audience can get to know who you are and why you're here, what is it exactly that you do and that really lights you up? Why are you in the position that you're in right now, speaking on stages, writing books and coaching others?
1: what really lights me up is helping people realize that you can make a profit off your passion. So like I'm just really, really great at helping people hone in on what it is that really lights them up. And then from there we create a plan and we build something around it. Um, And they can, they can do that for a living. (laughs) So it's really exciting. I help people get ideas and then implement them.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. So, What do you feel is the biggest challenge right now for most of your clients that come in?
1: Most of my clients that come in, a lot of them are coaches and they want to, you know, impact the masses. They want to be big leaders. Um, They want to change lives, change the world and make money doing it. But a lot of them just aren't. You know, a lot of coaches learn the strategy of how to coach, whether you're a personal trainer, a health coach. Um, a life coach. Like, we all learn how to be a coach, yet nobody learns how to, like, socially influence people, or how to build a tribe, or how to actually make any money off of this stuff, and so a lot of life coaches just want to give up, because they're like, damn, you know, I'm back on my mama's couch, and, like, (laughs) who's gonna look up to me now? Like, how can a lot of life coaches or coaches in general are lacking congruency because they're like, you know, if I'm not actually where I wanna be in life, it's hard for me to kind of coach others through it. So that's the biggest challenge I see a lot of people um, coming to me with is that they feel stuck and they feel like they have these things, these limiting beliefs that are keeping them small and they're kind of just blind spots to them. And they're not sure what those blind spots are, but they've been holding them back like I said, keeping them playing a small game. And so really what I do is really illuminate those blind spots and we just break through them and take massive action to get them wherever it is that they want to go.
0: I love that. I love that. Yeah. You know, I was having a conversation uh, with my partner yesterday about this, where you can tell like it's so obvious now in, especially on social media because we all have a very amplified voice on there. Right. We can reach a lot of people. And anybody can access it and look at our accounts, right? Yeah. Uh, and you can see some people that are just acting out of pure desperation to make money. Like you can see they're like imitating people that are making money, but they're not quite there or they're saying things that just, you can see in the wording that it's like, buy now, buy now, or like buy me or do this. It's like, it has a desperation to it. And it's kind of like the, um, <laughs> it's like the, the creepy uh, stalker Right, that comes after you and is like messaging, messaging, messaging. And it's like, after a while, you're like, man, there's no game in this. I don't want to be a part of this, right? And so I, I believe a big part of really stepping out in the world and making a living is how do you create something that's not only inspiring but sparks curiosity that people are like, wow, I want to know more about this person. I want to know more about the movement. I want to be a part of this because it sounds new and cool. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So what do, you, what do you believe it really takes to stand apart in the online space?
1: To stand apart, you need to add massive value. Like seriously, especially as a coach, you know, people are, people aren't just paying for a coach, you know, they're paying for you to solve their problems. So they need to have certainty in you that you're certain that you can solve whatever their problem, whatever problem they're going through. You know what I'm saying? So the best way to do that is to, actually start solving some problems for them for free. You know, and that doesn't mean you're gonna give them the entire secret sauce of what you do because you can't possibly do that without them working with you and, and having that kind of hand holding. But when you actually are solving like micro problems within the big spectrum of things and you're adding value in that sort of way, then they're like, wow, you know, I watched Kira's videos on rituals today. And now like I made a video on rituals yesterday and I got so much feedback about it because people were like, oh my God, I've been suffering because my rituals have been, you know, so bad. And I know that I've been underutilizing my potential because of my lack of rituals. So it's like, I kind of knew that was a pain point for a lot of people. So if I just solved that problem, Add perspective there, then they're like, "Oh my gosh, wow!" So it's just a matter of adding value selflessly, you know, and just realize that what you put out comes back to you. And hey, guess what? You can put a, a, a dollar sign on value, you know, that turns into money. Whatever you're putting out, you're gonna get back. You want more love in your life? Put love out. You want you want money? Put value out without any expectations, you know, without saying, "Hey, did you watch my ritual video?" You know, hey, hey, you wanna want to jump on a sales call you know it's like just just give it out and you'll start building a tribe like just like you did Joel you know for free you just started adding value adding value and then shit look at you now (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah, and so this is the thing and I know that you get this it's really that you have to be committed to a long-term game. You can't be in it for like the one night or the one year and that's it. It just doesn't happen that way. And I think that people don't, they see the the glory, but they don't see the story. They don't see the come up. They don't see the climbing the mountain or, or the, you know, on the rise. They don't see any of what's actually had to happen to get to that point. Right. What do you believe are really, key rituals because when you talk about rituals that's like a consistency that is the long game that's the everyday actions that you take right what are some rituals that you cuz you just shot a video on this what are some rituals that you feel would really help uh those in the world today to really self develop to dominate life
1: <laughs> yes well my favorite rituals are first thing i do as soon as i just roll roll over when i wake up i grab my journal. It's always on my nightstand. And then I just start writing. Um, because your brain waves are different. As soon as you wake up, they're still in a dreamlike state. And so mm-hmm. you can actually really take advantage of that time to tap into your subconscious mind. Because, you know, if you're journaling after you've been stuck in traffic, or whatever has happened throughout your day, then you're going to bring all that clutter with you. So I find that just to tap into your truth and access that immediately upon waking, that's the best time. Um, So I'll journal and I'll write I am statements, you know, like whatever my long-term goals are, I'll just say I am, I am a best-selling author. You know, I was writing that months before this happened every single day to the point that when it did happen, I was like, oh yeah, I already saw this. Like I already knew. You know, but it's like writing those out every single day, like they're real to you now. And then the second part is uh, visualizing. So as soon as I finish journaling, I shut my journal, and then whatever it is that I just wrote down, I go into a visualization. Like I just breathe into it. I imagine this like white and purple bubble surrounding me, and I'm just in this safe, divine place. And then I always ask this question, to, to guide me in my visualization, I always ask, how can I use my gifts for the greatest good of the planet? You know, and then that question just leads me exactly where I need to go. And it really helps me focus on my heart rather than anything else. You know, there's no bright, shiny object syndrome there. It's just sheerly heart driven And it guides me intuitively to where it is that I want to go. And and like I said, it's very intertwined with everything I just read in my journal. Um, So that's the second thing. But the third thing that I want to mention is that when you visualize, because a lot of people are like, oh, visualization, meditation, this is bold. This, This stuff doesn't even work. But it's like you need to act congruently with your visualization or with whatever you saw in your meditation, whatever you want to call it. You need to act congruently with that vision that you have for yourself. Because if you're visualizing yourself being all like fit and in great shape, and then your ass like goes to the kitchen and starts eating donuts, it's like, bro, (laughs) why don't you think it works? Like that's why it doesn't work, you know? (laughs) So whatever you see in your brain, you just have to act like that now. Like, you know, and, and fake it till you make it. If you see it in your brain, okay, that's real enough. Just start being that person now. Because you can't get to where you want to go by just being half-assed about it, you know? So that's a huge thing. So, yeah, after I visualize, then I go exercise. I go to the gym. I used to be a personal trainer. So I'm just a total bro. I love picking up heavy weights and throwing them all around. Um, And then, yeah, what else do I do? Um, Before bed, I write down um, my goals for, like, the next day. So I'm always planning in advance for the next day. Um, I feel like I'm missing one, but maybe I'm not. Anyway, yeah, these are the things that I do every single day, and it's, it's so important. Oh, affirmations is, is the one I do before the gym. I'll just stand up, you know, put my hand on my heart, say whatever it is that I need to say for that day, you know? Because a lot of us let fear run the show. Like, for example, if I had never done a sales call before, and all of a sudden I had to do a sales call, you know, I might become crippled by fear. So in cases like that, I'll just start reciting affirmations, whatever it was like earlier, or I can create a new one. But it's like, as soon as I get a fear-based thought, I instantly like recite the opposite of it. If it's like, oh, I'm going to mess up. I'm like, I'm going to rock this sales call. I'm going to change this person's life. This is an opportunity for me to refine my crap. You know, I just like go on these tangents. So whatever comes to me, I'll just recite it out loud um, and stand up and, uh, yeah so journal visualization, affirmations, and then plan, and put the big rocks first, you know, schedule those in your calendar for the following day first, so that you don't you know organize your whole sock drawer you know before you do all the stuff that that seems like it might be daunting that 's the thing that you want to do first
0: yeah, and what 's interesting about that is that when uh you meditate or you visualize you realize after like the things that you are going to do probably aren't really that important <laughs> yeah. you know like they're the, like organizing your software it's like man i got a vision i've got some really big things i need to be focusing on right now let's get to that
1: <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> one one thing i wanted to jump in on and i appreciate you sharing your rituals i think that's awesome that's such a great uh set of rituals there to stick by uh, with the affirmations, uh, I remember interviewing uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, an incredible neuroscientist, and he was explaining that when you aren't actually feeling the affirmation physically in your body, you're just saying it. He said that there's like a, in your autonomic nervous system, there's like an incongruency and it doesn't like sit. It just like, it throws off. You get like a bad feeling from it. You become weak mm-hmm. because it's like a disbelief, right? right. And so- it's, I think that the, the fact that you get up and you're like, I'm this, I'm that, and you're like moving your body you're in it, like, is, is exactly how you need to be doing it because you, the, the mind feeds the body, the body feeds the mind. You've got to keep like that going. So I love that you broke that down. That was great. So, so Kiera, uh, what chapter in Dominate Life is your favorite and why?
1: Oh, man. Well, now we're talking about rituals. So I guess my brain just had that bias. Um, but I do talk about rituals. And the the very exact thing that you just mentioned about how we can like counteract our affirmations, that's actually in there. Um, so that's kind of cool. Let me see. Oh, you know, my favorite one, there's two, I have two favorite ones. Okay. The power of the subconscious mind, that is a really, really powerful um, chapter, because that's just like, our subconscious mind runs our entire life. And unfortunately, most of us have been planting negative seeds in our brain our whole lives, you know, and that's what's manifesting, you know, fruits of, of those trees, if you will. And so it's really important to start programming it differently. But first off, to just be aware that this has been going on our entire lives so that now we're aware enough to make a change, to make that shift. And then the chapter after that, which goes directly along with it is, um, a, it's all about language and how we use our language. Um, you know, cause if I was like, I don't know, for example, um, how you doing? Oh, I'm all right. I'm pretty good. You know, it's like, Oh, that's, <laughs> that kind of sucks. But if I was like, I am fantastic, you know, it just makes me feel a little bit better. Um, a lot of people beat themselves up or they say like, Uh, I'm, I could be like, you know, you were like, Oh, nice blazer, Kira, you know, looking fresh. I can be like, ah, no, it's, you know, it's it's $5 blazer. You know, I could deflect it somehow, but when you do that, you're actually kind of undermining your, your awesomeness, you know? So if you run around and you're kind of calling yourself stupid or throwing these little things out, these little words about yourself and, and you don't even realize it, if you call yourself introverted... You know, you're going to prove that in, in real life. You're not going to talk to people. So I talk about these little subtleties that you can make in your language that'll make a world of a difference for you and for your personal growth.
0: Wow. The power of words, right? Yeah, man. Of words. And every day too, like every day saying that little thing, that slowly chips away. Yeah. 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 Why do you think people say things like that? Why do you think they deflect? Why do you think they're like, ah, eh, yeah, yeah. What is that? Why are they not receiving?
1: I don't know. I think society is programmed to like be afraid of their own awesomeness. I don't know what it is. Like, I guess people don't, I don't, people seem to think it's rude for people to own their awesomeness. (laughs) You know, I, I don't know why. So people can relate. I don't know. They say misery loves company. So if I start complaining about, you know, someone's boss and they start complaining about the boss, everyone seems happy about that. But when you actually start saying good things about yourself and others, it doesn't seem like people take it as well. So I don't know, but I think it's just the subconscious mind coming through and having a a subconscious fear of, you know, not being worthy of receiving. That's honestly what I think it might be. So once you become aware of that, you'll be like, thanks, I appreciate it. (laughs) You know, and just own it and be open to that vibration of receiving because then you'll receive more and more and it's just, it's in a totally selfless way. But energetically, you start aligning to better things when you just open your channels to to acceptingness of, of how awesome you are. <laughs> if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it does. It makes a lot of sense. And how amazing is that? That's just a little subtle thing, too. Like, you just said, like, um, somebody just deflecting a little bit, just a little but like not really knowing where that's actually coming from, from the core, from the the, the unconscious, the subconscious, right? And they're just like, oh, no, 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 no. But really that's damaging a huge part of their life, right? Because if they're playing it a hundred percent and receiving, but also the more you can receive, the more it fills you up, the more you've filled up, the more you can give people don't understand that concept. Right. And what I love about you is that you're unapologetic about who you are. And I think that, <laughs> People, yeah, people gravitate towards you because they, like, this is the thing, people admire what they feel like they don't quite have or that they can't get a grasp of, right? They either, usually if they're jealous, they usually admire it too because they, they just like, they have a hate towards the fact that they can't, they believe they can't get it. Uh, but they admire that because most people aren't courageous enough to be like, you know what, I'm going to receive this and then I'm going to give it back tenfold if I can, right? Yeah. So yeah i love i love that you show up that way that you're unapologetic and that you're helping people with uh you know having trouble receiving because I think it's huge i think that's that's a, a big thing as much as the conversation in the world right now is you've got to give 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 i think it needs to be you have to receive too that's part of the self love right loving yourself yeah. yeah Yeah. yeah amazing stuff yeah so Kiara uh what books or advice or mentorship uh, have you received in the past that you feel has really shifted you? Like, what is that? If you could kind of backtrack and connect the dots and really look at like, what was a kind of a pinnacle moment for you in your life? It might've even just been an experience, not not even a book or somebody Mm -hmm. giving you advice, but like something that really like you feel just skyrocketed you, like you leveled up after that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would definitely have to say that my, personal experience um, would be going through cancer when uh, I was 16 years old. I was just like a normal kid and um, I was an athlete too. So I I always thought I was healthy, but um, you know, I I just had recurring fevers and I was so sluggish and um, they took me out of school and found out that I had several tumors and I was just shocked so at the age of 16, um, I, I luckily I was near Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, which is the best hospital um, for children in America. So I was really blessed for that. And they took great care of me. I actually have my port here for anyone who can see um, on the video. But uh, yeah, I, I started receiving chemo, you know, lost all my hair. I was so sick. I, I couldn't go to school with my peers. Um, the drugs really messed up my head, and actually, I was addicted to chemotherapy, which was crazy because um, I would be on meds for three weeks out of the month, but then they said they wanted to give my kidneys a break, so they would give me a detox week, the fourth week of each month, and as the drugs like kept coming into my system, month after month, I would just go through such intense withdrawals every every time that I was off meds. So it was, it, it was terrible, man, because I was trying to get into college. I wanted to take my SATs, but if I took the drugs, they messed up my brain, and if I didn't take them, I'd be withdrawing. So at that age, I just felt like a complete freak, a complete social anomaly. You know, I tried to go to one of my, uh, well, I did. I went to one of my school dances. My, my school was nice enough to let me come after I hadn't been in school for so long, and, uh, you know, someone tried to take off my wig, you know, they thought it was funny, and I was mortified, like, I just wanted to feel pretty, like, I put on my best jewelry that day, I got a beautiful dress, and, and then for that type of stuff to happen to me, it was just, I, I, I felt so alone, and so, that actually is what harnessed my appreciation for being different. You know, not, not then in that moment, trust me, it took a while for me to process everything. And I was pissed for a while. Um, I really retaliated for a while after I was better even. Um, But then I looked back at it and I was like, wow, that, if I could take that back, I never, ever, ever would because that was the best blessing I ever experienced because now when people come to me feeling frustrated, feeling like they don't fit in or they can't find their way or they want to do something unconventional, I'm like, yes, let's talk. Let's make this happen. Like mm-hmm. that is it. what inspires me. So really that's a lit a spark under my ass. I realized, hey, you know, life is short. I'm not promised tomorrow ever. Second, at the age of 16, I was questioning the meaning to my entire life. I was like, wow, if I were to die from cancer today, do I really feel like I made the difference that I really wanted to make while I had the privilege of walking this planet, and I said no, so I knew things had to change. I knew I needed to step up i didn 't know how the hell I was going to do it or what I was going to do. I started out small and you know volunteered all around Philly and stuff like that. but you know now years later, um, all of that has come around and, and inspired me and also my clients in so many ways so Best
0: blessing ever. Wow. Yeah, that is so amazing. I didn't know that about you. I, I, I knew that you went through a bout of uh, cancer, but yeah, I didn't know that you went through that experience. Yeah. Some, kids can be, some kids can be so mean, man. I'll go, I got bullied throughout high school. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. Like people just are like, some people are just really selfish for sure. Yeah. But that's great that you can come from that place because your mess is your message, right?
1: Right exactly exactly
0: i love that absolutely love that i remember seeing that you were part of uh tony Robbins' uh coaching program
1: yeah actually i was a coach for his company so um that was a really life-changing experience um having the privilege to work for him because it is uh unlike any other job interview um you could ever imagine so i I really can't give too much away um but it's massive amounts of uncertainty extremely uh long periods of training um almost no sleep (laughs) and uh so you know apparently 2,000 people applied for the position and they only hired 20 25 of us um so at the end of the day the training we received was just so incredible um we were led by just such such great people and um After that, you know, my life has never been the same because I I learned from the best, um, and I had, you know, hours doing my doing my craft, you know. So, and with that comes my certainty, you know, that you see today. Um, Because back then, when I got my first client, I was like, "Oh my god! (laughs) Like, I finally have to take a client now. I'm scared." You know, but after I, I took on so many clients, had so many breakthroughs and great experiences, I was just like, wow, man, you know, I found my thing. Um, so, yeah, now I'm just doing my own thing because, like, we're all on our own path, right? But that was just a huge, huge part of my path, and I'm forever grateful for it.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you know, uh, I think that it really is important to sometimes, not every single time, because you might burn yourself out, but sometimes throw yourself in the deep end right? Yeah. To commit to something that like, that's going to accelerate your growth. I remember I did a, uh, this was probably about, well, I created Addicted to Success six years ago. I remember five years ago, uh, I heard that Tony Robbins had learned uh, NLP from uh, uh, John Greenloaf, that was a co-founder of NLP. And the other co-founder was Richard Baumler And uh, I was like, you know what, I'm going to find one of these guys and I'm going to go train with them. Cause that's like foundational, right? So I went to London and I trained with Richard Bandler uh, for 10 days. And for me, that was like, wow, like it was really intense uh, to do that. And so I walked away with it with a really good foundational understanding of how the brain works, how we see in like our visuals and and how to reframe things and so on. And uh, that I still use in my coaching today. And it's made me a much better coach. And so I think that like just hearing your story of how you did that, I think that's great because I think anyone listening to this, like what is that thing? What is that deep dive that you could commit to in your industry right now? It might not necessarily be coaching. It could be something else. What is that deep dive thing? And like put money aside and make sure you do it for 2017. Let's just say that. Let's just say it's your 2017, maybe your first quarter or second quarter goal and do it, commit to it because you're going to just grow exponentially.
1: Exactly. And that's what my book was like, literally, um actually, um, my, my father passed away about a year ago. And it was so unexpected. Like, I, I no one expected it, it just happened. And while it was very tragic, and you know, of course, I still want him around. It made me again, have another wake up call where I was like, wow, you know, if that could happen to my dad so fast, someone I was so close with, I just saw yesterday then how do I know that that's not going to happen to me? So literally the day after my father passed away, I got on Facebook live and I was like, I'm writing a book, (laughs) you know? And I was like, and it's going to be published within the next six months. So if you don't see it, start harassing me. It's okay. I give you permission. You can, you know, poke me on Facebook or do whatever, but I'm, I'm going to make this happen. And so so I did. And then all the money I'm giving to Make-A-Wish. So it was just, it's just so incredible. But yeah, when, when you set that intention and, and take that big leap, and especially when you announce it publicly, you have some serious leverage to get it done. And it's always scary. And that is a perfect sign that that's exactly where you should be going.
0: Wow, amazing. Amazing. You know, you, you've inspired me because I'm writing a book at the moment, but I've also had this as you write a book, you start having ideas for other books, right? I have like 10 other book ideas but I'm like, okay, chill, Joel, chill out. <laughs> Woosa, <laughs> right? And yeah. so, so I think that like you, that you sharing that with me, it's inspired me to write the other book at some point, And then all the donations go to a cause, like all the, all the, all the um, purchases from the book will go to a cause. I think that's great.
1: Yeah, it's so much more fun that way.
0: It is. It is for sure. But thank you so much for joining us today. You've dropped bomb after bomb of knowledge. So thank you very much for that. (laughs) Uh, Where can we find you? And where can we find your book too?
1: Yeah, so you can find my book, Dominate Life. It's by Kira Palme. Um, It's on Amazon. So it's really easy to search it. It'll come up. There's a really epic looking cover um, and then also I would say to find me, just go to facebook.com slash Um, my name's felt funky. It's K E A R A. Um, so yeah, check me out there. I'm always making live videos. I'm a crazy woman and I'm really awesome and energetic and I'm always dropping those value nuggets. So definitely come by and see me and uh, I look forward to it.
0: Yes, she is. I can vouch for her. Make sure you follow her on Facebook and buy her book. It's going to a good cause and she's an amazing human being. Kiara, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you. From the bottom of my heart, big love to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you too, Joel. Appreciate you. Everything that you're doing is awesome. I appreciate all your guidance as well. You're a great human being.
0: No problems. Kira, I'm going to drop this bomb on you now. <laughs> this is the last question. Yeah. And if you listen to the podcast, you, you know what's coming. The last question is this. If you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like?
1: Oh, my gosh. I would say just be yourself. You know, so many people are running around this planet trying to become me-too public figures or me-too leaders, but the world doesn't need anybody else. The world needs you. We all have our own unique secret sauce, and the world needs that from you or else you're, you're holding out. You know you're doing a disservice by trying to replicate or or fit yourself into a box. So allow your, your pure light to shine through, and you will change the world.
0: Damn, that was good. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> I don't know thirty
1: seconds. I could go on a tangent for like ten minutes, but
0: <laughs> that's why we keep it to thirty seconds. By the way. Even when I say 30 seconds, some people go to like five or 10 minutes. It's just how it is.
1: Because, because it
0: gets them into that moment of that like inspiration of like, oh, they, they, they dig deep and they tap into something else. So well, Let me just
1: make a distinction, okay? Everyone's afraid to be themselves because they're like, oh, well, you know, I, I want to do this other thing, but it seems like it's already been done before. You know, so many people are afraid to be themselves because God forbid something's already been done. Listen, that's probably the truth, you know, a lot of things have been done, but it's never been done by you, so when you start pursuing your dreams, even if it's just similar to someone else's, you know, Joel and my, our paths are very similarly aligned, it doesn't matter, nobody can replicate authenticity, so when you bring your own unique energy and your own unique voice, that's when you become authentic. So screw originality. Everything we know is just a blend of what someone else knows and they know and they learn from someone else. So what is originality anyway? Like where does the knowledge that we have even come from? Who knows? But be authentic. Be true to yourself. So yes, and I'm excited. I got to exceed 30 seconds. I just wanted to add that.
0: (laughs) Uh, You dominated the podcast. (laughs) Dominate life and dominate the A2S podcast. Well done, (laughs) Kia. Thank
1: you.
0: All right. Thanks, Amelia, for joining us. Appreciate you.
1: All right, bye, Joe. Bye.